Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the holiday special edition of the Still City Insider podcast, episode number 89. And wow, what a special edition we have for you today. As you can see, we are joined by two Pittsburgh journalism legends, Mr. Vic Ketchman and Ed Bouchette. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Jim. And Jim, I have to ask you, what did what favor did you call in to to get these two prestigious individuals to join us here today? Well, I tell you, these are these are two of my greatest mentors. You know, Vic, it, it was forty years ago this December that I cover. You sent me to cover a Norwin basketball game as a stringer. Forty years ago, I, I, it could be forty years ago today. Yeah, but well, it was nineteen. It was 1983. It was a holiday tournament. You know, when do they play those? Mm-hmm. December 19th, maybe? You, you know, I barely remember it, but I can tell you this. The one thing I know for sure is you got the score right. Because if you hadn't, you, it would have been the last basketball game you covered. <laughs> and that might have been a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. you, uh, uh, Jim, I don't know if you're – viewers your audience knows but i passed the sports editor's job on to you uh when i when i left town so your audience needs to know that we go pretty far back yeah and uh uh ed the day i joined that beat ed was the first guy who came up to me you know who how, how are you i'm ed bouchette you know and you find that often that the top guy is not too big to talk to the Littlest guy, mm-hmm. and and I I watched Ed's every move since then. I don't know if he knew that, but I watched you know, watched him like a hawk and how he did his job. And it was, you know, these you you guys are are two of my favorites. And I tell you, as a researcher, I've I've written five books, and I get in those libraries, I get in the Hall of Fame, I go through all the microfilm. There might be these two guys might be two of the three or four best of all time. Uh, get for me to come across their stuff and get the information. So anyway, I, I thought it would uh, would 
be a fitting uh, uh, time to have you guys on because you've both been through some of the greatest coaches and their their down years and when everybody wanted them fired. Uh, Vic, you you covered Chuck Knoll very closely. And Ed, I know you covered Chuck Knoll too, and uh, Bill Cower very closely, and Mike Tomlin. But uh, you know, start start with you, Vic. What what do you do with Mike Tomlin uh, based on your experience uh, in this business? Well, I had expressed this earlier today in a conversation with Ed. I think uh, another team has made contact, has talked to Art Rooney, and Art has talked to Tomlin. Uh, the uh, I think the wheels are in motion. Um, you know, these owners, they're in the club. They're all in the same club. They don't wait until uh, the day after the season, regular season is over to, to start the wheels uh, uh, moving on things that that are of immense importance to their, their franchise's future. And there's no rule, there's no tampering rule uh, that covers this subject. If if another owner wants to um, uh, contact a fellow owner of another team and ask him uh, which, if he would be interested in uh, uh, trading his coach, uh, the smart thing to do then is go to the coach and ask him, are you interested? I, I've, I've been contacted by another team, uh, let's say Washington. And uh, they 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 wanted they have expressed interest in trading for you. Are you interested? If he says yes, uh, I don't know that I want him anymore. That trade's going to happen. If he says no, I want him back, and I'm going to start working on a new contract. Uh, what do I think? I think um, I think Mike Tomlin should be interested. Um, he he's heading into the second half of his career um it's it's got to happen now he's got to he's got to build and coach his super bowl championship team he you know that was bill cowers team uh, truth be known it was bill cowers team it was um um it was the team from the from the era before mike tomlin and uh he needs to draft his quarterback, uh, although if it was to be a Sam Howe, it's early enough, as Ben Roethlisberger was. Ben Roethlisberger will, by, by and large, be remembered as Mike Tomlin's quarterback. But, uh, uh, you know, Heinz Ward was already there. Jerome Bettis was, um, uh, or not Bettis, but uh, was Fanica was already there. Uh, the, the stars. The culture. Uh, the culture. Exactly. And, you know, that's a big word right now. Um, you, you know, uh, I'm, I'm reading and, and I don't live in Pittsburgh any longer and I'm fully retired. And uh, but I stay close by reading, reading you guys uh, who are the, who are, you know, to whom the, the torch was passed. And I'm very interested. And I, you know, expressed today to Ed that uh, with with Tomlin. I, I think the trade makes sense, or if you can't work a trade, maybe just maybe just let him leave. Uh, he's got what one year left on his contract. That's not good. 
I mean, you don't you don't want a lame duck coach. So so they're they're up against the wall here. They got to do something, and I think it's going to work out for both sides. What do you think, Ed? Well, I you know <clears throat> I do think it would be inappropriate for Mike or for Art Rooney to talk to Mike Tomlin about another job right now to even approach him to say uh, this other team's interested. You you while while the owners can talk. Um, there's still a season left. There's still three games left, and I, I don't think uh, uh, Art would be doing that yet. However, uh, like Vic said, it doesn't uh, prevent owners from talking with each other. I think it comes down to a conversation um, after the season, and they sit down and they say, okay, what do you want and what do you want? I don't know that Art Rooney can extend his contract at this point if he goes seven and ten or eight and nine and misses the playoffs. And I don't know that Mike Tomlin can go into a season with one year left on his contract. And the way these things work out, Jim, it's not like trading a player. You it would be like a Sean Payton thing, although Sean Payton retired and then went with Denver. And then New Orleans is going, hey, you know, we need some compensation for this. I think Art could say to Mike, you and your agent, go go try and make a deal somewhere if that's what you want, and then we'll talk with that team about compensation. I think that's a, a, that's a legitimate thing that could actually happen because, I, I, as Vic said, I think Mike Tomlin, it would be good for him to go somewhere else as well. I think he needs um, a fresh start somewhere, somewhere maybe that has – some talent and a quarterback where he's not behind the eight ball. You know, he joined the Steelers and he had everything, uh, as Vic pointed out. He had it all. You know, he had the talent. Uh, that team was just one year removed from winning a Super Bowl and um, went eight and eight in in Bill Cowers last year. And then and then Tomlin got him back in the playoffs and then in the Super Bowl victory a year later. So um, there are teams where he could go. And Washington, to me, is one of those teams that has something there to be competitive. Now, are you guys both saying the trade because of Jay Glazer's report? No, I said this long before Jake Glaze, Glazer, Jim. Back on December 4th, I tweeted out, hey, people want to fire Mike Tallman. That's short-sighted. You don't fire him. You try and trade him if you're going if you want to move on. Yeah. And how was that tweet regarded? I wasn't met. Well, a lot of people came out and said, Bouchette wants the Steelers to trade Tomlin. That's not what I was saying. I was just saying, you don't fire an asset like that. You you use it. You know, you try and get, I mean, the Broncos, they got a, uh, they gave up a first round and a second round, I think, to, to sign Peyton to New Orleans. Hey, the Steelers should be able to take that. They need to rebuild. Uh, there's some other Others they could trade and get first round picks too. Time to start stockpiling and rebuild this team. Well, so okay. So say you can't trade them. Do you fire them? You can't let them hang on for another year, right? Do you, do you fire them? Uh, I don't know. I I I you know. Uh, I don't know if you you want to fire him. You make him make some changes, and then he might say, "Hey, I I can't do all that," and pull a Noel like Noel did in '91. After the '91 season, Chuck Noll knew it was coming. Uh, he, they wanted him to fire Joe Walton, 
Uh, no one went through that in 88 and almost quit because Dan Rooney wanted him to fire coaches. And eventually he relented and fired those coaches. Dan wanted that again in 91. Noel saw it coming and just retired. I think uh, that that could be a way, uh, you know, Art certainly has to, well, they need an offensive coordinator, but they, they need an overhaul of that staff. Vic, would you fire him? If you couldn't trade him, uh, I think you can. Uh, I think you can come to uh, a gentleman's uh, con- uh, result, con- uh, conclusion of his time in Pittsburgh by let it, just allowing him to leave. Mike, look, look, I don't think people, Steelers fans, want to admit this, but it's time. This team is in the midst of a total rebuild, total complete rebuild. I was reading stories the last two summers. Oh, no, they only need this guy. They need that guy, and they're going to the Super Bowl. No, they're not going to the Super Bowl next year or even the year after. This is a total 100% rebuild after years of bad drafting. They finally had a good one this year. This is a good-looking rookie class they have. They have a couple – potential home run picks in there, Porter and the, and the defensive tackle from Wisconsin. Oh, those are the kinds of picks that, that Chuck got, uh, you know, uh, uh, you don't, Mel Blunt, what was he? A, a second round pick, third round pick. Jack Ham was a second round pick. I know I'm going way back, but you need to get those guys. It's not just all about the first round. When you get a Porter, uh, effectively with, uh, you know, the last pick of the first round, but a second, officially a second round pick. And you get a Benton with, uh, he was a second round pick too, was he not? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's, those are those are cornerstone players for your defense. You know, the, the Steelers defense was built largely on Joe Green and Mel Blunt. Oh, there you go. A defensive tackle and, and a, uh, a, a cornerback. And I'm not. I don't want to compare Benton to Joe Green, uh, but uh, these are good-looking players. I think that the tight end from Georgia is going to end up being a tackle next year. And if that happens, finally they can get rid of 65. Oh, I mean, it's just it's just <laughs> brutal watching uh, that man try to be John Jackson. Uh, it, it ain't going to happen. He's stuck in John Jackson's rookie year. Yeah, yeah, same number. Yeah, same number, and probably the same number of sacks as I know Ed can remember that that preseason game in in New Orleans. You know, poor That's John Jackson. Oh, Pat Swilling just turned him upside down. You know, but he but see he developed. He developed, and, and, and this guy is not developing. For the life of me, why don't they move Broderick Jones to left tackle and put a core four back at right tackle? I don't get that, Jim. Well, I have. A, I, well, I can tell you tell you this. I have a a, a very good scout friend who says that uh, Broderick Jones is not athletic enough to play left tackle, and the Steelers are finding out finding that out much as they found out Leon Searcy couldn't be a left tackle. You know, he was drafted to be a left tackle and they found out that. that that just wasn't uh, his thing. He was a power guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I don't know if Broderick was injured today or not, but uh, Corfor was playing right tackle. I don't know. I don't know where Broderick was. He was on the sideline somewhere. Now, if he's injured, that wasn't discussed at Tomlin's press conference. So I'm um, maybe he didn't said something Mike didn't like. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should, we should take a knee. Well, they they like more better than Chukes, and more cannot play the right side. So that's why I've been under the impression they've been playing Broderick Jones on the right side for now, as they did with Marvell Smith. But I mean, Vic, what you say, I I, I hope that's not true. I I assume, I thought he was athletic enough. He, he seems athletic enough, but well. Yeah, we kind of all felt that way. I think he's going to be a player. I don't I don't know if it's going to be left tackle or right tackle. Remember this, a lot of great players started uh, their careers at a position other than the one for which they w- were identified, uh, you know, in the Hall of Fame. Jonathan Ogden, his first season was a guard. Um, so, who? Jermani Dawson. Jermani Dawson. You know, uh, Chuck Lanza was the uh, was going to be the center, and Dawson was going to be the guard, and it didn't turn out that way. So you have to let uh, you have to let these guys find their own level. Uh, Broderick Jones is a good enough player that he will find a place at one of those two tackles. Hopefully, left tackle because I really, from what I'm hearing, the the the, the tight end is the power guy that they want. Uh, on the right side, remember Larry Brown moved from tight that. end to tackle. And hey, uh, way back, way Jerry Mullins was a tight end at right. Southern Cal. So the Steelers have have long had an eye for that. There's somebody else between, uh, you know, um, <laughs> that that uh, that era and the era we're in. They another uh, guy who was moved. Uh, oh, I know, I remember. Uh, Justin Strelzik, rest his soul, moved from defensive line to uh, defensive end to uh, offensive tackle. Jason Peters was a tight end coming up. There you go. Yeah. And uh, uh, as you said, you know, Larry Brown um, and Washington, I tell you, for as, for as soft a hands as he has and as uh, enticing red zone uh, talent that he showed in training camp, he just doesn't move well. He doesn't, doesn't get open. He, doesn't run good routes. So I think they're finding out why Georgia had him as the blocking tight end. Hey, tight ends are a dime a dozen tackles. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So zooming out and looking at the rest of this roster. So obviously issues along that offensive line, but as poorly as this team has played in the last couple of weeks, it seems like there are needs across the roster uh, especially when you're looking at some of the maturity issues popping up with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. But and looking at the rest of this roster, where would you prioritize moves or bringing in free agents or via the draft with this team for the years ahead? Jeremy, they need so much. I don't know that they can prioritize. I would be open to trades, and that would include T.J. Watt, because if it's going to take them three or four years to get back, He'll be too old by then uh, and can get some stuff for, for some pretty good, I would think, draft picks right now if you moved him. And that, that's going to be blasphemy for a lot of people around Pittsburgh, but I don't care. You have to make some tough decisions now. I would get rid of George Pickens. I would try and trade the other wide receiver. And um, uh, Najee Harris, I would move on from him as well and keep Jalen Warren. 
They just need so much. And that doesn't even include the quarterback. They don't know. Maybe they do know what they have in the quarterback, and it isn't much. But I think they're going to give Pickett, uh, Pickens, uh, Pickett, I'm sorry, one more um, season, and probably rightfully so, but they better bring in somebody else just in case. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to see them. Uh, you know, uh, make the quarterback room younger and and more competitive. You know, again, I'm, I'm. This is my point of reference from my time. Uh, once upon a time, the Steelers had Bradshaw, Gillum, and and Hanready. They were all young guys. They uh, uh, they were competing for the job, and all of them got a shot uh, to take the job. Um, I, w- I would like to see something like that again. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see them quit. It's too early to quit on Kenny Pickett. Uh, just look at Baker Mayfield. All of a sudden, Baker May- Mayfield is a is the franchise quarterback. Uh, at least it looks like he's that guy for Tampa that he was supposed to be in Cleveland. Cleveland's sitting there with. Deshaun Watson all over their cap for the next hundred years. I mean, uh, hey, listen, when the cheering uh, ends in Cleveland, um, uh, this this in in a few weeks, they're they're dead team walking. Uh, I mean, their cap is just the most god awful thing you could. <laughs> no team would ever uh, want their their cap situation. And and if you've seen anything that. Leads you to believe that Deshaun Watson is the long-term answer at that position. Uh, I can tell you, Joe Flacco isn't. Uh, you know, that's a nice feel-good story. And uh, right now, you know, I mean, 
I keep waiting for Bob Euchre to uh, to uh, to show up in in the movie that has become the Browns. It's a it's it's a real it's a real feel good thing. But um, if you want reality, look at their salary cap, and 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 it's Deshaun Watson. That deal is just is crippling. But it, it was born of their impatience with Baker Mayfield. I, I didn't think that was, was he really that bad? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, here's Kenny. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett. They haven't, Steelers haven't won a game since he got hurt, right? Uh, I, I, here's a guy who didn't throw for many yards, didn't throw for many touchdowns, but I believe he's got six game winning drives and five fourth quarter comebacks in his career. He was seven and four when uh, the Steelers were seven and four when he got hurt. He um, wasn't in any way ever a distraction. He was always um, he always took the high road. Uh, I mean, really, was it that awful? Was seven and four that awful? Right. Um, after you saw uh, what we what what we saw last Saturday, that ugliness, and 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 even the week before. I mean, they just lost to they lost to. A terrible New England team and an average Indianapolis team clobbered them, scored 30 unanswered points. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the picket deserves more time. And Baker Mayfield is the example of what happens when you're impatient with a young quarterback. But you wouldn't be against, say, adding a second round pick to the, to the room. Heck no. Uh, yeah. how, about a, how about a last pick of the draft, huh? I mean, how about adding a Mr. Irrelevant who who can uh, who can uh, do what Brock Purdy is, has done in San Francisco? You find players in any round. That's why it's so important to make sound personnel decisions. Steelers haven't made sound personnel decisions in the last half dozen years. I think of somebody. I think of a, a Josh Scobie. Hey, they should have called me. I was in Jacksonville. I would have told him he's done. You know. <laughs> Would they trade for him? A fifth round pick? You can find a tackle in the fifth round. You can sure as heck find a tight end in the fifth round. You can find a player in the fifth round. I, I mean, they were they were they were trying to extend the Ben Roethlisberger era to get as much as they could out of it, making ridiculous need picks, uh, stupid trades um, for you know giving away picks to get a guy. Uh, I think that I think that's over. Uh, this year, they they really did smart things. I mean, getting that second round pick for Chase Claypool, you know, oh boy. I, I mean, <laughs> that, that that's the kind of stuff that teams that are building championship rosters do. Ed, do you share this uh, similar outlook on Kenny Pickett in terms of his future with the team that he has potential to develop? I'm not as optimistic as Vic is, um, but, you know, I think they'll give him another year to to show them one way or another. So uh, going into next year, I think you have to flush Trubisky out, even though he has a year, another year under contract. I don't know if you try and bring Mason Rudolph back as the backup, but you can find someone else uh, and, and, and go in that way. As Vic said, it would be nice to see someone come in maybe in, as a draft pick and and see what he has, see if he can compete. Just to, to put a final word on this, uh, Jeremy, uh, Pickett looked really good in practice today. 
I mean, I, I really didn't watch him close enough to see how he was moving, but he was throwing fastballs all over the field. I, I don't remember that. I don't know if the couple of weeks off gave his arm a, a nice rest, but I don't know if it's confidence or what, or, or maybe the fact that he's not playing this week, he knows, uh, or he's probably not playing this week. He, he knows he can just fire it around the practice field. He looked good in preseason too, Jim. I, I, well, I know, I know. Come on, Ed. Come on, work with me here. <laughs> so we're, we're, we were talk, talking long-term picture here of this team, but we there are still three games left before the season concludes, and it continues this Saturday, uh, for better or for worse, against Cincinnati in Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph's going to get his much-anticipated start and how do you see the rest of the season playing out for this team? Can they sneak sneak a win in um, out of these next three games? Or is it going to be more, more of the same of what we've seen the last three weeks? And can the bottom fall out anymore on this 2023 Sealer season? Well, it can't fall out any worse because they don't play two and ten teams they're going to lose to. <laughs> they're playing decent teams, Jeremy. Um I would find it hard to believe for them to finish with a winning season, which means winning two out of their final three. The only hope would be they beat Cincinnati uh, this week, and then um, uh, Baltimore has everything clinched and doesn't play anybody. And, of course, that's happened before, and the Steelers have lost to them too. Oh, let's see. So that would make them 9-8. Uh, and eight. Uh, Does 9-8 and eight make the playoffs? Mm, maybe. But where are we going with this? Okay, you really you, do you want to go to the postseason and, and and just get trashed again as they did in Kansas City a few years ago? I I think it's it's time now to uh, it's time now to move on. As what did Chuck used to say? It's time for them to get on with their life's work. Well, in this case, I think it's time for the Steelers to get on with their rebuilding and their future. Um, a higher draft pick would be better than um, nine and eight. So uh, the perfect concluding question to this podcast would be for, for both uh, Vic and Ed here. Does Tomlin return in 2024? I'll go first. I'm going to say no. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm going to say no. Well, I, Ed made a really good point about um, not going to Tomlin if another team uh, at this point in time, if another team has expressed interest, because there is season left, and and uh, you you don't you don't ever quit on, on a season. Uh, I, I like that point. The point I want to make about going to Tomlin is that if you go to him, you 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 lay it in his lap. You say, here you go, coach. You make the call on your future with this football team. And as I said, if he says, yeah, I'm interested, then it's over. Do the deal. You know, do the compensation and move on. If he says, oh, no, this is where I want to be. I think you got your guy and you need to do a, a new contract with him. Uh, at what point do you, um, do you uh, go to him and lay that in his lap? Ed's right. You wait until the season is over. Um, I might have been rushing it to suggest that they um, do that right now. Although I, I have a feeling 
a story is going to emerge. Some erstwhile and ambitious uh, uh, sports writer, and we in in uh, right away I think about Jerry Dulac. Um, you know, Jerry will get it. He'll, he'll he'll get this if it's happening, and uh, then it's on. Yeah, great stuff, Jim. You have anything else to? No, I think up? we ought to let these guys uh, get off the. Uh... Uh, uh, given us so much time, it was so it was so great uh, uh, to hear them and to see them. I haven't seen them in a while. I saw Ed not too long ago, but I haven't seen Vic since uh, five years ago at a combine or something. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I I've moved. I did. I took Chuck's advice. I moved on with my life's work, uh, which is retirement. <laughs> I'll tell you, Chuck used to say, "If you've re- if you're thinking of retiring." Um, uh, you've already retired. He was wrong. He was dead wrong. <laughs> I was thinking of, of retiring in the last five years of my career, and I never worked harder. All I used to do is sit at my desk and dream about the day that I could pull away. <laughs> wow. Well, we are tremendously grateful that you joined us here today. Hopefully, we can have you back on the show at some point. Happy holidays to everybody out there, and thank you for being supporters of the Still City Insider podcast. And we will see you back here for episode 90. Until then, have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we will see you next week. Take care, everyone. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.